Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's great to see you on this beautiful morning. What an amazing weekend it's been. Tomorrow marks uh, exactly 11 weeks since lockdown started and nearly three months uh, of this life that we didn't expect, uh, that we're not used to. Uh, and I wonder what it is that you've missed, uh, that you didn't expect to miss. Uh, maybe it's the, the daily commute. Uh, someone told me that at the, end of their, at the end of their day working at home, uh, they're getting in the car for 15 or 20 minutes just to, to um, have a bit of downtime at the end of the day. Uh, or someone told me that they are desperate for a Mackey D's. Maybe that's you. Uh, or maybe it's uh, getting dressed properly for work rather than the, uh, the official uh, Zoom attire. Uh, or maybe you're loving that. And maybe it's having a decent coffee that someone else has made. Uh, or maybe it's uh, getting your hair cut. Uh, or maybe uh, you've even missed visiting your in-laws. Mine might be watching, so I may be in trouble. Now, obviously, uh, those things are uh, fairly trivial. Uh, but now we're settled into lockdown life. Uh, there are things that we really miss, aren't there? Uh, things that we long to be able to do again. Uh, Emily mentioned that she uh, really missed her family and I'm sure many of us can relate to that. Uh, we miss having a meal or a cuppa with friends or family. Uh, we miss uh, other people being able to see our kids grow up. Uh, we miss hugs, uh, childcare, uh, meeting with the church family in person. Uh, and there are some who will have lost uh, a lot more than those things at this time. Uh, we feel a, a sense of loss, don't we? And our pas passage today is written by the Apostle Paul, uh, who lost a huge amount. Uh, in fact, he lost everything, really. And yet he's not discouraged and he doesn't despair. Uh, in fact, even though he's writing this letter to the Philippians from jail, uh, it's full of joy. Uh, and it's not because he's some unbelievable optimist uh, uh, giving out lessons on positive thinking. So let's dive in and see how he can stay so joyful in the face of such loss. Uh, let me read Philippians chapter 3 verses 7 to 9 for us. Uh, it would be uh, great if you could have that open in front of you if you've got a Bible. Chapter 3 verses 7 to 9. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Well, let's pray before we dive in. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father God, however we are feeling this morning, uh, please speak to each one of us through your word and help us to grasp the surpassing worth of Jesus. Amen. Paul starts off by telling us about his losses uh, and he's just listed some of them in the previous passage. Uh, what do we find? Uh, well, he says that he was circumcised on the eighth day. Uh, he was of the people of Israel, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, always the best tribe. Uh, he was zealous in keeping the law. Uh, and I imagine those things sound pretty alien to us, uh, but he's basically saying that he had things that would fly very well in certain conservative Jewish circles of the first century, i.e. He had real status and success in his circles. And yet when he started following Jesus, he lost all that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul tells us 
Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Paul starts following Jesus and he becomes an outcast, a hated figure in the very circles uh, where he had status and success. Uh, And the list of what he suffered uh, as he sought to serve Jesus is astonishing. We're told elsewhere that he was in prison various times, uh, he was shipwrecked three times, he was constantly in danger, he had sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, and he had constant worries for the churches that he had planted. So when Paul considers his losses, uh, he might list uh, status and success uh, within his Jewish circles, uh, comfort, uh, not just in a little way, but in a big way, uh, constantly on the move, beaten, imprisoned, uh, health. uh, It feels like it must have uh, impacted that in some way. Uh, Paul didn't just lose trivial things. Uh, In one sense, he lost everything. Uh, So he's certainly able to relate to our losses at this time. Now it's important to note that Paul's losses uh, were specifically because he started following Jesus and not because of coronavirus but his perspective on what he lost is really helpful for us as we navigate uh, our own losses at this time Uh, and it will hopefully give us a a firm foundation to navigate any losses or trials that we may face as we follow Jesus. And here's what Paul says. Uh, He says, compare your losses uh, with the gain of knowing Christ. Compare your losses with the gain of knowing Christ. Uh, I don't know if if you've ever played that Christmas game uh, where one at a time you you each open uh, a Christmas present, uh, but the catch is that uh, once you've opened yours, you can pinch uh, the present off anyone else who has already opened theirs and swap it. Uh, And imagine that uh, I open mine and it is the classic Christmas Satsuma. But someone else has already opened a class bike. I mean, the very bike that Geraint Thomas uh, rode in his Tour de France win. Uh, When you compare them, it it would be a total no-brainer, wouldn't it, to swap the Satsuma for the bike. And Paul says... If you really understand the gain of knowing Christ, uh, you would swap anything for it. Paul writes, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And then as if he hasn't uh, made the point clearly enough, he writes, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, uh, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God. You see, on, on one side, Paul has everything the world has to offer. And on the other side, he has Christ. And Paul says, uh, there's no comparison. Uh, there's no contest. Uh, in comparison to to Christ, uh, everything on this side is like rubbish. And now maybe you're sat there thinking, uh, this guy Paul is off his rocker. I mean, why would you possibly swap everything in this world for Jesus? Uh, How can that possibly be worth it? Uh, And how is it that Paul can have that perspective uh, uh, with everything he's lost, uh, with everything he's going through uh, whilst writing this? I mean, remember that he's he's not writing it from some villa in the south of France sat by a pool. Uh, He's writing it from prison. 
And here's what Paul points to. Uh, here's what he says he gained. Uh, he gained knowing Christ, being found in him, having a righteousness from God by faith. Having a righteousness from God uh, means being declared right with God. And the fact is, none of us are right with God. Uh, we rebel against him. Uh, but if we are trusting Jesus, we can be declared right with God on account of the death of Jesus. You see, Paul recognises that we are in God's universe. Uh, and in God's universe, the most important thing is to know God. And in a, a flow of history that runs towards uh, the great judgment from God, uh, where only his verdict matters uh, to be declared righteous before him, uh, before the creator and judge of the universe is infinitely more precious than anything else you can imagine. If we have a righteousness from God by faith, uh, we no longer need to, to fear that day. Uh, we no longer need to justify ourselves before God. Uh, <clears throat> deep down, we all know that we don't really even keep our own standards, do we? Uh, let alone God's. Uh, but through Jesus, we are made right with God uh, and we can even know our Heavenly Father for ourselves. Paul also says that he is now found in Jesus. Uh, believers are often referred to as being in Christ in the New Testament. And it means that we're identified with Christ. Uh, we're hidden in him and uh, we get everything that he has. Uh, think of <coughs> someone marrying into a family. Uh, and suddenly having everything that belongs to their husband or wife, uh, their family, their money, their car. Uh, and in Christ, uh, we gain his sacrifice as payment for our sin. Uh, we gain his righteousness. Uh, we gain a relationship with God like him uh, and being called God's children. Uh, and we gain a certain hope of eternity. Uh, and that hope is is what we've been reminded of in a fantastic way as we've been through 1 Corinthians 15, isn't it? And so even though Paul has faced a huge loss, uh, he recognises that uh, it is an incredible reality to be united to Christ. Uh, it is worth more than anything. Now, I don't know if I should <coughs> admit this, uh, but I have on occasion uh, in the past watched Antiques Roadshow uh, where they go around uh, valuing antiques that people have brought in. Uh, half the time, uh, things that people have found in their loft. Uh, and most of the time, uh, they're not worth much. Uh, but the whole show, uh, you're just waiting for that moment where uh, someone uh, brings in some sort of random object and uh, the, uh, the experts uh, look it over and uh, they look at uh, the person uh, and they always have a big pause uh, to build the tension. Uh, and then they say, this, this is worth more than everything that you own. Uh, this is even worth more than your house. Uh, and the person's face drops. And Jesus tells us that knowing him and gaining the kingdom of heaven uh, is worth more than anything. Uh, he tells us that the story of a, a merchant in, in search of uh, uh, fine pearls uh, and he holds one up, uh, uh, sorry, the merchant holds one up uh, and he, f he finds this, this pearl of uh, such great value uh, that he, he sells everything to buy the pearl. And Jesus says, uh, it, that is what it's like with the kingdom of heaven. 
uh, when you find it, it is worth everything. In both those uh, situations uh, with the antique uh, or the pearl, uh, the person who gains the treasure uh, is overjoyed, aren't they? Uh, even if it costs them everything. And Paul is a real life example of that. Uh, he has lost everything and yet he is overjoyed that he has gained something of infinite worth. He has gained Christ. So as we uh, feel the loss of things at this time, uh, and we do, don't we? Paul says to us, compare your loss with the gain of knowing Christ and let it fill you with joy. It's not to belittle our losses, uh, to say they don't matter or they aren't difficult. Uh, that's not what Paul is saying. Uh, in fact, he says elsewhere that at points uh, he was so utterly burdened beyond his strength that he despaired of life itself. Uh, and earlier in the letter, he says he wishes he could depart and be with Christ. Uh, no, he, he doesn't belittle our losses, uh, but he does put them in perspective. He compares them with the gain of knowing Christ, uh, with that pearl that is worth everything. And he refocuses his life on Christ every day. Now, maybe these gains that Paul points us to uh, don't feel tangible right now and things feel hard. Well, I think Paul would empathise with that. He, he writes to the Corinthians, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, uh, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. Uh, but meanwhile, we groan and are burdened. Paul recognises that it's, it's going to be hard, uh, but he says we live by faith and not by sight. Uh, and we do that by refocusing our life on Christ every day. Uh, at the end of his letter to the Philippians, uh, Paul doesn't say, uh, man up like me, hang on in there like I'm hanging, hanging on in in this prison. Uh, no, he finishes by saying to them, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice in one sense, it's dead obvious, isn't it? I mean, we shouldn't need any encouragement uh, to do that when we've, we've seen all that we have in Christ. But we so easily lose sight of Jesus, don't we? Uh, or get distracted. And we look for our joy primarily in our, primarily in our earthly circumstances. But Paul urges us to rejoice in Christ himself so that we can live uh, with a joy that is above the ups and downs of our circumstances. And he doesn't mean uh, just be happy all the time. Uh, he means cultivate a deep contentment in the gain of knowing Christ. Uh, Paul says later that he has learnt to be content. Uh, it's not something that comes naturally. He's had to learn to keep refocusing on Christ each and every day. Uh, we need to reflect on what we have in Christ each day and compare our loss to all that we have gained in Christ and be thankful. So let's try and make a, a habit of refocusing our life on Christ uh, every day in lockdown uh, so that we come out the other side of lockdown uh, with a habit which can last a lifetime. Uh, let's start each day in prayer, uh, giving thanks for what we have in Christ. Uh, maybe you could put a post-it note up or uh, a reminder on your phone with a verse which encourages you to give thanks for Christ each day. Uh, maybe it's uh, starting the day with a, a Christian song which, which helps you to 
to give thanks for Christ and lifts your eyes to him uh, rather than just sticking the radio on first thing in the morning. Uh, And if we're feeling anxious, uh, here's what Paul says later in the letter. Uh, He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, He's encouraging us to bring our worries before God uh, with honesty, uh, but also with thanksgiving. Uh, In one sense, uh, it's pretty strange uh, to be thankful before you've received an answer to your request, isn't it? Uh, But Paul is calling us to learn to trust that our lives are in God's hands and that he is wiser than we are. And he's calling us to be thankful uh, by refocusing on Jesus. We don't have a a full, a totally full, complete answer to the mystery of uh, sorrow and trials and coronavirus. Uh, but we are given lots of pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. Uh, and one of those pieces is that uh, these things, these trials can help uh, shift the foundation of our joy uh, from created things to the creator, uh, from things that, that seem long lasting, but are actually only temporary uh, to things that can seem intangible but are actually everlasting and fully satisfying and knowing Christ and being found in him. Paul's constant confidence uh, his boast and joy is Jesus Christ. Uh, Everything else pales into insignificance. Jesus is the centre of his thankfulness and the centre of his hope and nothing can take that away. Let's pray that would be true of us as a church family. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of Christ Jesus our Lord, being found in him and having a righteousness from him. Please teach us to refocus our lives on Christ each and every day. And we pray that we might learn to do that as a church family during this this strange time so that we have a deep joy uh, even in in all the ups and downs of life Uh, please uh, uh, help us to sow habits uh, that last a lifetime in jesus name amen